Welcome to the June 2021 edition of Book Plate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com, join a book club chapter in your area, or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the Book Club link at the top. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the page. I'm Annie, producer, host, and in this book, I'm, I'm probably a protester outside the gates, I think. All right. I'm Britt, and in this book, I'm on the cover. <laughs> I'm Amanda, and in this book, I am ketchup as a vegetable. <laughs> oh, God. That was a good line. <laughs> so the Amuse Moose is the whole bite of what we're going to get into today, and this book is called Internment. It kind of tells you what it's about up front. Essentially, it is a, a reimagining of... Um, internment in the United States, as we saw it in World War II, focused on the Japanese as enemy of the state. This is a futuristic look or kind of a contemporary look at what would have happened if there'd been a, a Muslim ban followed by internment of Muslims. So basically as, as if Trump had a second term, not named in this book. So yeah, bit dark, <laughs> but super real. It felt very, it felt very real yeah. to me. <laughs> the other cover take is when we ask our significant others what they thought about the book just by looking at the cover. And I did not ask Jamal if I'll ask him after this and see what he thought. I'll put it in the notes, but did either of you get to ask? Yeah, I asked Garrett and he said, well, looking at the cover, um, it's probably about internment and like people being interned and um going to like an internment camp and the resist hat makes me think that like there's some sort of like hunger games-esque like rebellion from the inside to you know try to escape so i was like yeah not bad he just missed that it was specifically about muslims but i don't know if you'd even know that unless you know like the moon and stars kind of like the like symbol of islam so yeah, Phil said pretty much the same thing. Um, he said he thought it was about Muslims being interned, so I guess he got the the star and moon thing. Um, but you said with the wall and the resist hat, yeah. I mean, I think it's a pretty clear message on the cover that they were not going for mystery, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, gives you, gives you what you're getting into. Yes, absolutely. I did like the resist hat. That was that. I did like the cover of this book actually. Mm -hmm. Me too. Well, without further ado, we're going to go into our appetizer, which is frying onions, which, you know, was is a very visceral smell. We all know what that smells like. And um, I'm going to start it out with the election, because that's kind of how the book opens up, is that, like, the president has been elected and immediately the Muslim ban and then these more and more... Um, what would you call it? Regressive and, um, you know, focused uh, strictures on Muslims specifically, which, of course, we did experience a Muslim ban uh, during Trump's presidency, which actually had one of the strongest outpourings of of protest once they tried to do that at the airports. I know I I didn't go to SFO, but I had a lot of people that I worked with and 
friends and also people in New York who were definitely activated in doing that. So it was, I don't know, we're, we're discussing this in 2021 and like we're still going through this whole thing about Trump pretending that he won the election. And so I was like having a lot of trauma just even imagining <laughs> like being going into this world. I was like, oh shit, I, I don't know if I'm ready for this story. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. like too real because it's not it's not nonfiction, but it's not like it's very realistic fiction. And I think like even in the somewhere in the book description, it says like imagine America fifteen year, fifteen minutes from now or something. So it's very like yeah. this could easily happen. <laughs> easily, I mean, it's happened before. I mean, it has <laughs> that happened, and this actually when I I was thinking back what you said, Annie, like about, oh, the large scale protests that happened. And I was like, I don't totally remember what happened. And I looked it up and it took, I think, almost two years for it to get struck down through the court system. The Muslim ban, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like, oh, there was lots of protests and problems were solved because we all stood up. Like, even with such antagonism towards these actions, it still took years in order to get rid of it. And I don't think it actually totally got rid of it entirely. I feel like it's going to open up new legal leap loopholes yeah. in the future that will be exploited. And if it's not one group, it's another group, right? It's like the whole quote about like, oh, they came for so-and-so and I didn't answer because it wasn't me. And then they came for so-and-so and I didn't bother because it wasn't me. And now they're coming for me and there's nobody left to help me. Yeah. I, it's more like eloquent than that, but you know the quote we're talking about. Right? I do. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a poem. It's actually a poem by a rabbi, yeah, isn't it? Ethel, yeah. I think. I thought. Yeah. They and that's part of the setup too. Is how the book goes into it. Is like they used this ruling that put the Japanese that interned the Japanese. They took it to the Supreme Court, and the court found in favor because we because there was a past precedence that 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 then they could build these camps. And of course, we're still dealing with children in camps on the border. And then, if, and then if you are paying attention to any of the stuff that's going on in Canada about the residential schools, and again, you know, we experience things in the U.S. as a border, right? That's not how Native and Indigenous people experience the land. So the stuff yeah. happening in Canada absolutely affects our communities. And those schools aren't schools; they were labor camps that killed people. Oh, they're about children. to. We just we have the same amount of blood on our hands. They just haven't found it yet. Because right. we had residential schools in the U.S. too. Yeah, so. totally. So not that it's like any more justifiable whatsoever at all, but it was not even just Japanese people. It was Japanese Americans, like second and third generation. So people mm -hmm. who like maybe even had never been to Japan or like had not a full like connection with their culture were still being rounded up and put in internment camps because like they might be siding with the enemy or like they look where like Germans enemy. were not like my grandparents weren't right. Like, You're right. Yeah. I mean, so, so, I mean, just to make the distinction, not that it's any less horrific, but like in this book, it's specifically like Muslim Americans and it kind of harps on the idea that like, these are American citizens and you're still like just completely throwing rights out the window. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting how they kind of got into the fact that like Muslim isn't an ethnicity, right? It's a religion and there's different ethnicities within the religion and even in the camp, which I can't remember what my topics are for this, but we can get more into that. 
Oh yeah, I did. Actually, that's the main course is cafeteria pizza and soggy green beans. Oh, they just eat the worst foods this whole mm. book. I honestly I mean, was worried that I'm glad this didn't come up, but I was worried that like they were only going to serve pork or something like just to fuck with them. Right. Like, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're totally right. I was like, oh my God, what if they only serve pork and alcohol? <laughs> like <laughs> the two things that like Muslims, you know, are against Islam. And like, that's just even like worse. But so I'm glad that they did not do that. I mean, in this well, book, but we know they did that. that. Yeah. They did it in Guantanamo, absolutely. Like yeah. in places where we were and still are in interning Arabic peoples who are Muslim, like they definitely do that. So yeah, it's a Muslim religious-based internment camp. So I thought that was super interesting because, you know, the U.S. cannot tell the difference between religions that are not Christian, <laughs> right? Because one of the things we know is that because Sikh people wear turbans, that they've been one of the most vehemently attacked uh, it, like groups mm-hmm. after 9-11. To this day, people are like, oh, you're an Arab you're or you're um, some sort of religious fanatic. And it's like this... No, they have a completely different different religion. (laughs) And like, we just like you people, white people don't know the difference. So I thought it was interesting how they did that in the book. And in the camp, they specifically divide them up into these different sectors. And I was like, I was like, that's an interesting idea. But I just felt like there was no way that whoever was running the camp would even know enough to like actually do that. strategy, though. I mean, that's what it's like. Britain did with the Muslims and the Hindus and India. And when they basically carved up India and India and Pakistan, yeah, like they really inflamed the religious passions between the two. Like you guys aren't the same. I'm not your common enemy. Like you guys are each other's enemy and it totally works. So I thought that's what was the purpose of that. But to also like, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. I was gonna say like, they also, it was because they self-identified on the census is how they like, Oh, you're right. Who, who was Muslim? Because, like, I think um, she says at some point that, like, um, you know, even though her dad, like, knew, you know, it could have come back to backfire, like, he still put Muslim on the census because he wanted to, you know, be true to himself and all that. This was my one quibble with the book. It's really important to fill out the census. It, like, determines our representations. California lost seats. This is, like, control. And this is, like, sort of the fear mongering about mm. why you shouldn't fill out the census. Like, I, I wasn't here for that. I'm, I'm sorry, like, yeah. just bad messaging. But I think like, I don't know how else they would have, like Annie said, otherwise most people can't tell. <laughs> like, you know, especially like people who like don't wear hijab or whatever, right? Who like don't exactly. necessarily quote unquote, like look Muslim. So like, I don't know how else the author would have had them I don't know it just felt like a, a don't vote moment I don't know yeah. it just felt like very like anti the good parts of government too yeah 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 in a short-sighted way but you know what these are teenagers so the book's audience so they're probably not filling out censuses anyway <laughs> so maybe, maybe. maybe a <laughs> they might be trying to get know. their parents to fill it out though no I I agree Amanda and honestly this last census which was the first time I think it was the first time as an adult I've ever filled out the census. I'm trying to think, is it 10 years? I guess maybe I did it's it before. It's every 10 to, it's every 10, 10, year, years, 10 years. 2010. I can't even remember filling it out in 2010, honestly. But it would have been a different experience because what I, what, one of my major issues with the census is that it didn't have a way for me to represent myself and Jamal's relationship. 
because of the way they'd specifically tried to, no, not tried, the way they specifically narrowed the options so that people who are gender not couldn't really respond, making yeah. about sex, not gender. And like the way they asked about the marriage relationship was like, are you a same sex relationship or are you a different sex relationship? And I was like, we are in neither of those options <laughs> relationship and other wasn't an option. So I like wrote I like wrote hella an explanation. Like, yeah, this doesn't represent like, and that was intentional, right? We knew that they were trying to do that because they aren't trying to fund people. And like now we see all these trans attacks and trans bans going on. So it's directly related. What else do you want to say? I don't know. I have very kind of high level topics because this is okay. We can talk about this. So for dessert, we have fruit cup, which honestly is like, I hate fruit cup. I really, I have always hated it's fruit the worst. Cup. It's the worst with those peeled grapes that just make you want to die. Like the little <laughs> fake cherry. Ooh. It's like gelatinous too. And I'm like really anti gelatinous desserts. It's, it's like the wrong texture <laughs> for me. Um, but we have the organization and uprising. And so like, um, I think, Amanda, was it you who said the veneer? Like, the book kind of, like, does all the things, but it does all the things at, like, the lowest common denominator level. There's not, for me, this was my opinion. So there wasn't a lot of, like, I really didn't have investment in any of the characters. I didn't care about them. I knew who was going to die as soon as I met them. I, I was, like, and, like, I knew what was going to happen. There was no surprises. But then I was also frustrated by like the way there's like kind of like a, even though it's a big scene at the end, they're still like, oh, we made a difference. And I was like, that is in less than a year. And I was like, that's just not, <laughs> this is yeah, not how yeah. the pacing was kind of, yeah, it seemed to kind of like drag out at the beginning. And then all of this, like at the end, it was just like, um, like, okay, we're going to do this plan and then this plan. Okay. That one didn't work. Now we're going to do this. Like it was just back to back. So. And just the idea that, like, oh, we're going to use you as bait, but the second this guy, like, backhand you, we're rushing in and being like, that's it, jail for you, and, like, are you okay? And I'm like, um, people were, like, snatched away and murdered. Like, Yeah. It, I don't know. If all I had to take in for justice was a fucking smack in the face, I'd take it. You know, like, it's just, it seemed very, it seemed, like, unwilling to truly plumb the dark depths. I guess, which I understand because it's a YA, but also at that point, what's the point? I don't know. I think I like the idea of this book more than the execution. Um, Cause like the director just seemed like such a cartoonish big bad, like slamming fists on the table and like, you know, just you'll never get around. Like I will have order and just like, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sure there are people like that, but it just seemed, like, too over the top. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, like, just, ha, ha, like, twiddling, like, fingers and <laughs> stroking a white cat, kind of, like, I don't know. <laughs> At some point, like, his pants fell down, and you saw his tiny, tiny penis, everybody had a good laugh. <laughs> you know? like, and then, like, I don't know, like, Jake also as a character, I think... I think the line was crossed between using your privilege for good and white saviorism. Yep. Because, like, there were times when 
I was like, okay, yeah, he's in a position of power. He can get her a, a burner phone. He can organize, like, her boyfriend to come here and, like, they can pass the notes or whatever. But then, like, it just quickly crossed into, like, I want to protect you and I'm going to dive and take this bullet for you. And, like, I will not have them hurt you. I'm going to carry, you know, whatever. So it's just, like, it could have pulled back on that a little bit because that makes it a little bit, like, I don't know. Maybe Less. I'm a guy, too. And there was some romancy sounding language between yeah. the two of them. Like, okay, so you're such a stand-up dude that you're fighting for liberation. You just happen to zero in on, like, this hot chick that you want to help liberate, you know? Right. Like, not just generally everybody else. It's just... And I was like, oh, God, please don't let there be a romance with a concentration mm, camp I was thinking that, like, too. so upset. Like, <laughs> no, no, we're not doing captor-captive relationships. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> At, at least there, though. Yeah. They danced at it, but... It yeah. But, but there was a mention of his broad shoulders, like, more than once, you know? <laughs> and how <laughs> handsome he was. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, he's still a cop. Weren't we just mm-hmm. talking about how all cops are bastards, even your uncle? I was like, even the hot <laughs> white boy who wants to help you with the burner phone, he's still a cop. Like... Yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't... I don't know. Like, I think it's important to have a white character who was using their privilege for good and to help but it just it goes too far (laughs) it goes beyond like um you know helping sneak her into places or like oh like I can you know lie to the director and keep him on my good side so you can do your thing like you know it just goes into like Mm -hmm. it could have been like a grandma guard or a lunch lady or something you know that would have been non-sexual and you wouldn't have been thinking about it it didn't have to be a hot guy in close proximity to her age it's YA (laughs) it is come on YA (laughs) that's trash I I also thought her boyfriend did too much too like I really thought there was like honestly I feel like this book was written for white people and like see that yeah and this was my it was like it's a bit whitewashed. It's written for I think white people. It's not supposed to be white, though, right? He was mm-hmm. Ashkenazi Jewish, right? He's brown, though. It's, okay. They made it a habit of saying, like, a couple times that he yeah. was not white. Which, I mean, that's real. I'm just, I still think it was written for, like, but, like, why are the boys the, all the ones with the power here? Like, I had a lot of issues with, like, the way the gender balance was set up and then also just, like, the way that played out I was like this is aimed at white people that you want to feel a certain way about you but if people if these white people already don't don't care they're not going to care after reading this book Mm. and I was like frustrated by that being the that's what I took to be the frame and maybe I'm wrong because you know granted I'm not Muslim I don't look for Muslim representation and it could very well be that this is one of the few books that there is even at the end the whole speech about patriotism yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my last one. Also, the drinks are milk. You know that milk was warm too, because it was like really hot. Right oh, there. in the desert. Oh God, it's thinking about drinking milk now. So okay, sorry. Uh, backtracking a little bit. Oh no, um, go ahead. When Amanda, when you said it could have been like a lunch lady or like a granny, Khadija Auntie. <laughs> yeah I did like Khadija Auntie. she's so badass she kind of reminded me I made the association with the Hunger Games when you looked at the cover she kind of reminds me of Mags um yeah. like in Catching Fire I can see you that know, kind of like old she's like you know my time is my time I'm gonna go out like guns blazing <laughs> we all so. want to be Khadija Auntie I don't know if I am but <laughs> yeah. she's pretty badass <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway sorry old milk oh no that was just- <laughs> <laughs> 
And then like I don't I just, know. Patriotism was like over the top for me. Oh, that that yeah. just speech about the patriotism. I'm like patriotism it should not be the end game of this. Like patriotism is how you ended up in the fucking camp. Like, but, but I don't know. I feel like on some level, and again, like I can't really speak from experience here as you know a black American but like people who are othered in the way that are like oh you're not American sometimes have to play into like I'm an American too you know I like that whole Andrew Yang we should wear our red white and blue and just show them we're American and that'll solve our anti-Asian racism problem like that doesn't work from politics (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I don't know do I expect too much of this book because it's such an important subject matter, am I being like, well, it's not literature and therefore its message isn't like hitting right. And this is a YA book. We've read lots of YA books that maybe didn't do everything perfectly. Um, So yeah, I think it was setting out to do something and I hope it did it for some kids. Yeah. I think also, I really like the way that social media plays a role in this book because like I don't know so many people criticize like keyboard warriors or whatever but like don't you know discredit (laughs) the power of social media for like getting people not only aware but to take action right yeah so like I mean just her blog posts like blew up and you know led a lot of people to like really understand what was going on and so, I, I mean, I know Syria is still deeply troubled, but that that fire would not have happened without Arab Spring, you know, and that was absolutely like based on social media. Twitter has cracked down since then, and so have governments with their access to the internet. But that started on a social media platform. And same with like what's going on in um, Palestine as well. Like, um, you know, it's really government military is like you know censoring stuff but like you know palestinians on the ground are recording and getting it out there and showing what's really happening yeah i really hope i mean that's been a problem like i I just i don't know the thing with israel and palestine is like so it's like sending my head in a tailspin you know like my senior year of high school pretend debate about Israel versus Palestine. My UN, fake UN thing I did, you know, for summer camp one year was about Israel and Palestine. Like it's just, it's always been there. And I thought that the world had given up on fighting the change. And I'm just fascinated by how it's so visible right now. And you're right, that is because of social media. So I don't know, I I hope that means there is a change to the story. I mean, Also, genocide's not really debatable. <laughs> True. <laughs> but that depends on, like, you know, how much you're willing to see it as genocide and ethnic yeah. cleansing. Complicated. School boards, especially school boards in the early 2000s, probably did not. I mean, yeah. I feel like there's new things that I've learned that I should have known before now with this last round. Like, I didn't literally know that people weren't allowed to leave the specific area where they are. I didn't know that. Like, it's wild. I'm um, kind of thrown by the fact that next month's book is also about Islamophobia. Ooh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah. What's next um, most book? A very large expanse of sea. Mm. Um, so I can't remember her name. It's the author who wrote like the Tarara Shatter Me. Maffi? Yeah, Shatter Me series. I think or that's whatever. her name. And this one takes place like a you know kind of a year post nine eleven. Ooh, I did not like that Shatter Me book. That took place it. in a literal white room. It was two characters who woke up locked in a room with nothing oh in it, but just the two of them. And it was just literally two people in a white room for most of the book. Oh God. <laughs> I just. Ugh, can we have a break? It's summer. Can we get a beach read in between, like, <laughs> I'm staying. in between the just... oppression? <laughs> I feel like people complained about not having enough political reads, so they just, like, gave us so many. They're like, well, we'll just overload them, and then they'll ask for our beach reads again, and I'm just like, I don't know. There's a way to do that better. There's a way yeah. to do that better. And, like, I mean, just as a teacher, I try to be cognizant of this, too. Like, we have to teach about joy as well we can't just teach trauma because like I don't know that definitely impacted me as a kid you know I didn't you know like black kids we basically learn that our history starts from slavery and like being kidnapped yeah. in the U.S. and that's like yeah. not true at all so like just the balance like it's not like we don't need these stories they're important especially like you know thinking about how history repeats itself but we also need to recognize like the joy <laughs> and not just I mean, have like, sure trauma after trauma. Books out there with Muslim protagonists that are just living fun, happy lives and going for that, you know, yeah, vice let's... president and student council against their <laughs> bitchy rival. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's have those too. <laughs> well, I think that goes back to like how I mean maybe it's not just why either is like the white publishing industry doesn't know how to do like stories that are not about tokenism mm -hmm. they don't and like they don't you know and i think a lot of these are like oh these got known because of the the story that they're telling and it it's like has to be an issue book or whatever right it's like that's not the only authors out there it's not the only people writing these stories but the other ones if they're not just waving their flag like my book is about this mm -hmm. then they don't get seen mm -hmm. by the publishing industry yeah, that's true. I the the one thing I will say is like, I think the book is important. But if we're talking, if we want to talk about some, like, the realities of what this looks like, we have a historical example. Granted, not about Muslims, but we have a historical example. And like, I never read a book or learned about Japanese internment when I was in any part of uh, eighteen and under school, right? But we did study World War II, and I remember in twelfth grade we did a lot of reading. And I'm a very fast reader, and so. I'd read all the school books and everyone else was moving along and my teacher was like, well, you can just read anything that's on the shelf. And so I just kept picking things up off the shelf. And because we studied World War II, this is not 12, this is sixth grade when I was 12. Because we studied World War II, there was a whole set of books on her bookshelf that was all about World War II. And so I read multiple firsthand accounts from children that were about their experiences including this absolutely terrifying one of this Japanese girl for, in Japan, not in, even in the internment camp. There weren't any internment camps, but in Japan that included like super graphic imagery that is stuck with me to this day. And I'm just like, if that, you know, if we're trying to make an impact or like, you know, I wish I would studied that and like talked about that. And of course there is definitely white saviorism in that book because that's how the end of the story happens. That's how her story ended. But it was, I was like, I don't know. I wish I just wish we like could study our history more in depth than having to have 
feel like stories that like only touch on it enough and then end with like kind of a feel good rather than like we haven't resolved these issues you know <laughs> like, but i mean people are literally trying to fight against that right now right? i know like, let's make juneteenth the federal holiday and make it illegal to teach about in 15 states like what the heck is that about like i'm so confused by that i literally took a critical race theory class in law school and that was that was where i learned it like and like and and it it was reading like octavia butler like you know theorists it wasn't scary it was just like philosophy like which we teach all the time yeah in school. and like actual critical race theory is like collegiate level and above like it doesn't mean that at the elementary or middle or high school level it's just understanding that like um it's just understanding like white supremacy and the role that it's played is pretty much it but like people just want to like oh no like shield the truth like it looks bad it makes me feel bad (laughs) i'm not racist though (laughs) i just i can't i'm so thankful to teach in a district that is like liberal and not down with that bullshit (laughs) yeah i was wondering how you felt about that well i taught my kids about tulsa this year because it was the 100th anniversary and like i don't know it was hard i was like I felt like it was important because I never learned about it till I was an adult, and I'm like, I, I didn't learn about it till like last year. Mm-hmm. Shit, like I'm yeah. 41, and I spent my whole life not knowing. Yeah, it's wild. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm in a position here to like not let that happen to these students, mm-hmm. to like, especially my black students, to like not grow up and feel betrayed that like, you know, they le- never learned about like this piece of history in school or whatever. But it was just. You know, I taught second grade, so it was a lot of, like, how can I approach this in, like, a developmentally appropriate way? Um, So I ended up a video from one of the, like, sort of kids' YouTube channels, and, like, everything I'd seen, even, like, picture books and stuff for kids focused mainly on the, um, like, the violence, but this video was all about, like, what Black Wall Street actually was, and, like, the businesses that were there, and, like, you know, why Black wall street because they were you know kicked out of like their own and like contributed to it and then it's like an eight minute video right and the last two minutes are like and then some white people came and burned it down yeah (laughs) it's not to like downplay it but like at the second grade level like let's learn about the joy first and the resilience rather than coming at it from a place of like we're being attacked right um but then we did watch the um mother fletcher like the 107 year old like the oldest survivor her um Mm. her testimony Mm -hmm. um you know, and she talks about just, like, her memories of that night being, like, you know, a kid and um, just having, like, lost everything and um, what she remembers. And I did skip over, like, a brief moment where she goes really in-depth about violence. She was like, I still hear the screams and see the bodies and the airplanes yeah. overhead. So I was like, just, we're just going to skip that part. Because, <laughs> like, I don't, like, I can still teach you about the impact of this without, like, traumatizing you and like yeah, giving you nightmares visceral <laughs> imagery like you you get it you're seven I don't that's not necessary but like you know I don't know so I don't remember what my point was <laughs> so I was just wondering because we were talking about like how oh we deal yeah. with our own history and yeah. like how they're trying to make us not talk about history <laughs> yeah and there's absolutely deve- develop ways to do so and I think when people think critical race theory I don't know what they think because to me it's just like teaching kids actual history 
I think they don't even yeah, know what like it is. Expand beyond like slavery is bad. Right. They, they feel like they've covered slavery is bad. Mm. Like, which Let's move I on. feel like maybe they haven't totally, but because <laughs> some schools I see worksheets from and I'm like, okay, oh God. You get slavery is bad. But uh, yeah, we need to do a little bit more in that. Like, yeah. yeah. They're just like, that's enough. I think they assume critical race theory means criticism of the white race. Yes. But I think that's like, yes. The, uh, they don't actually know what the words mean because it is a collegiate level idea. And so they, that's where their brains go. And they just like, they don't want to be criticized for being white. And yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of what I hear is like, oh, like it's going to make white kids feel bad about their skin color and like feel guilty for being white. But I think that's because so many people see race as like an individual thing not a mm-hmm. systemic thing yeah so like you know well i'm not racist so blah 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 but it works the other way around too like if you're talking about racism like oh, you're saying my child is a racist you know but it's systemic and learning about like the issues that are just woven into the fabric of our society and like you know i've never like i've been a teacher for six years <laughs> and i've never had you know a white kid feel bad or feel guilty or shame like when we're talking about race because there's a way to do it right (laughs) and it's not like everything is your fault it's like let's examine like who had power and how they misused it and treated other people who did not have that same power and privilege not a huge not a hard concept i mean you would think (laughs) (laughs) well if we want to call does it do we want to say anything else about the book (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Buck. Ah, no, I mean... You tried your best book, and <laughs> it was a good good story that needs to be told. Yeah, I like the concept. I just feel like it could have been done a little better, a little differently. I probably would have liked it more if I'd read it as a younger person, honestly. I feel like most of my critique is from my viewpoint now. And mm-hmm. if I had read this as a young person in middle school, it would have been my first experience with any with a lot of these concepts, and I probably would have really appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all, I read The Handmaid's Tale when I was 16 and I was like, this shit fucks. And I was like so <laughs> excited about it. Like, so I could see reading this as a 16 year old and being like, feeling like the power in the people. And then, and then later being like, oh, hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit more complicated than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it is why it's for the kids. Okay. So, yeah. Well, that's all, Amanda. Do you want to close us out? Yeah, until next time, book appetit. Sweet.